Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. I wanted to talk about something before we get started with this show. It's just called College Admissions Melt. Uh, College Admissions Melt is where uh, students have accepted a uh, an admission to a school, like pharmacy school or something like that, and they don't end up going. And uh, one of the big reasons, uh, and a number of big reasons that I'll talk about in this show, uh, and why we're going to see, I think, uh, significant increase in uh, residency hiring, uh, significant increase in pharmacist hiring, and uh, obviously increases in income uh, for pharmacists because uh, at the level that I'm at, pre-pharmacy, where I'm actually seeing the students that are applying, I'm seeing what's happening. And two of the things that they are, well, three of the things that they're really concerned about are one, less students are going to pharmacy school uh, and uh, AACP even has it in bold uh, on the website that there is a decline in admissions and uh, that of course when people are not doing something you're like well why why aren't you doing it uh, and that makes them nervous uh, recently on Ramsey show uh, there was a 482,000 in debt uh, student who graduated from pharmacy school and again uh, not all of that was a pharmacy school and then third the NAPLEX is uh, the pass rates are not out still and uh, students are not able to get that confidence that they usually get going into pharmacy school. Uh, so what I'm seeing is that some students are opting to continue to work because their salaries are super high right now. And at, as a you know an undergrad, a friend of mine was making twenty-two dollar. A friend of mine's fourteen-year-old was making twenty-two dollars an hour. Uh, working as a, a side judge uh, for soccer games, uh, and then uh, because those NAPLEX rates are not out, um, students are just like, well, I, I don't have confidence in this decision. I, I don't know what the rate's going to be. I don't know if I should have chosen this school or that school. Uh, so for those three big reasons, uh, we're going to see, I believe, a lot of it melt, where not only are the applications down, but I think the people that are going to actually take the pharmacy school application, that's going to go down quite a bit as well, where uh, they're going to have that admissions in their hand, but they're going to say, well, I'm, I'm making a lot of money now, and that's really scary to take on that debt, and I, I really don't want to do it, and I just don't know if, if these pass rates are right. I, I just, and that's what I'm seeing is indecision. Uh, and uh, I, I have nothing to tell them. I don't have data to show them. I can only tell them that uh, the good news is, is that their chances of getting a residency, if that's something they want, is three out of four instead of two out of three. Um, but that's the, the kind of only insurance I, assurance uh, I can give them. Anyway, let's get started with the show, but I think it's really, really good news for practicing pharmacists, for those that are just graduating from residency. Uh, that there are going to be many, many jobs available and that the number of graduates is continuing to go down quite a bit. Uh, so hopefully the, the job security uh, for those that are in the profession now and that have made it through the pandemic uh, should continue to increase. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, today we'll talk a little bit about enrollment and how that's going to impact you guys. So uh, let's kind of go back a little bit there's actually a million fewer students in college uh, in undergrad. Uh, I know as a community college professor, we're certainly seeing it. Uh, and that's actually normal for us because the better the economy is, uh, the lower our enrollment goes. And then as the uh, jobs are a little bit more 
uh, difficult to find, uh, then people come to community college to increase their skills and all that. Uh, fully 50% of our programs are liberal arts and sciences. 50% are, you know, kind of the uh, get the job after a year or two years uh, type of program. So again, in uh, about 2015, there were about 16 and a half million students, uh, and that has gone down to about 14 and a half million students uh, in 2021. And so uh, we've lost about six and a half percent from fall 2019. So that's undergrad, which is going to be going into uh, pharmacy school. Now the data on uh, the AACP uh, website is super, super old relative to what I'm talking about. Um, they highlighted it, I didn't, uh, that first professional student pharmacist enrollments uh, were down 5% compared to fall 2019. Uh, so that would be 2020 looking back at fall 2019. Uh, and then attrition, uh, that hasn't really moved too much. It's about 12%, so about you know 87%, a little bit more, more than that, uh, will finish. Uh, what we're at right now is uh, moving into uh, next year, uh, when you look at the private schools, uh, they're down about 8%, and then the publics are down about, I think it was 5%. And when we talk about this, this is great news for those that want to do a residency. This is great news for current pharmacists and pharmacists that are just getting out. Uh, as there are just going to be fewer and fewer pharmacists going into uh, the field. Now, you know, kind of looking at the reasons why people aren't enrolling, yes, we have a, a huge reduction in the number of undergrads, and that's going to certainly uh, hit pharmacy school as well. Uh, but the reality is, and the fact of the matter, is that medical schools get a million applications per year, uh, and pharmacy schools get a just a very, very tiny uh, fraction of that. The average student only applies to about two and a half schools. Uh, so schools are looking at maybe 30,000 applications, actually be a little bit less than that, uh, compared to the million that go to medical schools. So it's not that there aren't people looking to be in graduate healthcare careers, it's that they are not looking to become pharmacists. And so that's kind of the big, big question is, why is it that now that pharmacy is a profession where you have a much better chance of getting residency. The, the chances went from uh, around 66%, 65%, all the way up to 77. So you went from two out of, th I hate using fractions, two out of three to three out of four. And so we expect the, that it's going to go even higher next year as there are fewer students applying. And each group following year, if the number of residencies continue to go up and the number of graduates uh, continue to go down, uh, again, we're going to get really close uh, to where the medical students are, where those that want it are able to get a uh, residency. Now, that's the thing, is that the number that wanted it uh, is actually lower. So even accounting for any kind of reduction in enrollment, uh, fewer people want to do a residency. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the prices of pharmacy schools continue to go up, and the you know, just having been in school for four years, I remember I was just so desperate to get out of there and to get into a job and to, you know, have no homework <laughs> or to not work for free. Well, it wasn't free. I was paying someone to work and pay off the loans, get on with my life, that kind of thing. And I very much understand uh, what these students are doing. But what also we had or 
was a problem is that students were graduating from residency and now you know is the residency market saturated but what's going to happen is that we're going to uh, have although we're going to kind of continue to fill those residencies for a number of years eventually if the trends continue uh, there's going to be fewer residency graduates and so this is all great news for those that are in uh, pharmacy as professionals are graduating now uh, that pharmacy schools will continue to graduate fewer and fewer students so that the you know number of pharmacists continues to drop uh, and then we've got a huge number uh, that are going to be retiring as we kind of go through this wave so uh, just a, a great time uh, to graduate from pharmacy school as long as you were kind of mindful about uh, the uh, student loan. And then we have this, which is, you know, and, and I get it, the, the Ramsey Show always puts like the big, big numbers uh, on to say, okay, well, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Uh, it's an old news saying. And so person's 482,000 in debt and what they don't tell you is that this is a pharmacist graduating and they live in Mansfield, Ohio, so I don't know if they went to an Ohio pharmacy school. Uh, but that, uh, that debt includes uh, the student loans and this is a 30-something. So it's an interesting, interesting uh, thing to, to listen to. But what you want to do is just kind of uh, take that to heart as you know i get it you know pharmacists are, are doing okay with their salary there's pslf and some forgiveness if you do things right but man <laughs> that is a really really tough way to start and what's happening is at least what i'm seeing as a pre-pharmacy advisor is that students are being very mindful of what's coming up and they're like oh i just don't see the value if i'm going to be making you know, seventeen, twenty dollars an hour right now. Um, what is the value in going into this kind of debt? And yes, uh, we have uh, an in-state school here where you know tuition is uh, relatively modest, uh, a little bit over a uh, hundred thousand uh, for the tuition. And and again, I've talked uh, about how you know I want to pay that for my kids, and um, it's just kind of a a. a challenge my wife and I are going to have because I know she wants to uh, have them learn about you know money and things like that and so we'll kind of figure out uh, how to kind of balance that but uh, when I look at this kind of debt I'm just like oh my gosh you know what do you do and your financial pharmacist those guys are great uh, they can really help you or if you're just looking at student loans student loan planner uh, also has a, a great program but kind of getting back to uh, what I'm hoping is that uh, as these enrollment numbers continue to decline, uh, you're gonna see salaries go up. Now, one thing that we were a little bit surprised about was the lack of NABP score. And so when you look at NABP, you see that we are still looking at the 2020 graduates. Now you would say, well, is this late? Is this what they usually do? And the answer is yes, it's very late. Uh, usually it's going to be uh, right around the time that match results come out, uh, that NABP comes out with their numbers. Now, I understand there was the error with the 400 or so students that uh, either, I think it was that they were told they didn't pass and actually some of them passed. And then I think 20 or 30 thought they passed, but they actually didn't. Uh, and uh, 
just kind of a debacle. And I understand why they're kind of holding on to that. But what this does at a pre-pharmacy level, uh, students are like, well, if I can't even know how the pass rate is uh, at a school, then how can I possibly enroll and spend a quarter of a million dollars, $200,000? They just don't have the information. And so a lot of them are just saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, going and applying to medical school, seeing how I do with that instead. And I think that that's something where pharmacy schools have really um, uh, kind of missed the mark in being very transparent about these types of things. So I saw that there was a school that said, you know, the average pass rate was like 90%, but the most recent was like 75 or in the 70s. And so that's very misleading that, okay, we had a couple of 90s and then we've got a 70 and to say, well, over the last three years, we did fine, but the most recent one was not fine. And those types of things are the things that uh, these students that are in pre-pharmacy are really nervous about and they really don't want to, they don't want to commit that amount of money uh, without all the information. And not having NAPLEX scores is a huge, huge part of it. Uh, normally they can kind of affirm their choice. So they've made a choice to go to some school. They can look at the NAPLEX rates uh, middle of March and say, okay, you know, I'm confident with that. Uh, but as of right now, uh, you could go to pharmacy school, find out that your NAPLEX scores of a school went from 80 to 60 uh, and that the school is on the decline. Or you could find out the other thing, which would be great, which is that it went from 80 to 90. Okay. But uh, when we look at NAPLEX scores, again, uh, the big thing with NAPLEX scores is that when you talk about tiering, like where are some people with the scores, it's not A is 90, B is 80, C is 70. Uh, a B is closer to like a 90. Uh, so it's absolutely, you know, the, the, the high pass rate puts that median or the middle of the, the scores um, at 88%. Uh, that are in you know ACPE uh, accredited programs. So what that's saying is, at the 88% mark, okay, that's about the middle. So if you're below 88%, you're actually in the bottom half of all pharmacy schools. And if you're at 70 something, then you're actually one of the worst schools in the country for the NABplex. Now they might have a great you know uh, hiring rate or something like that, uh, but the data are clear. Uh, but the way that the data is presented is not. It's just like, okay, well, it's 75%. A 75 is a 75. Well, 75 is, uh, when you rank it, uh, it's about 130th, 140th when you talk about the number of schools. So again, NAPLEX pass rates. Um, Dave Ramsey's, you know, having hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Uh, seeing that other people are deciding not to go to pharmacy school. Okay. And then in general, there are just fewer people in college. Uh, those four things are really contributing to a decline in the number of pharmacy students. Uh, and it's very tough to, to tell a pharmacy student, hey, you know, um, you know, which school should I go to? And the answer is, I can't tell you anymore. Uh, the data is just not there. Normally in March, uh, the NAPLEX data would be there, I could tell you. Uh, I can definitely tell you with the residency scores. Uh, and where someone is. And that's the thing with residency scores. Uh, if a school is in the 77%, then they're average. 
anything above 77%, that's a high match rate. Uh, anything below 70%, you're in the bottom half of 140 schools. Certainly of those 70 schools on top, you should be able to choose one of them. Uh, so again, uh, I know that sometimes uh, it comes off as gloom and doom, but I'm really uh, more of a realist and somebody who's very wary of, uh, I guess I'm protective, I guess is the best way uh, to put it. And I want to be very protective of those pre-pharmacy students going in. Uh, and right now the data is just not there. And uh, they're saying, I'm, I'm not going to make a quarter of a million, $200,000 decision uh, without knowing what the pass rates are, without knowing what the residency rates are, without knowing over those four years, what's my tuition going to look like? Uh, and they're making decisions that um, you can go to the University of Florida, I think, for like $35,000, no matter where you are in the country. And so with an out-of-state tuition that is that low relative to private school prices, uh, Gainesville is a really nice place to live. Uh, although Florida housing, now this is selling housing prices are incredibly high. Um, I just feel like uh, right now uh, pharmacy schools can do a lot better in terms of uh, making sure that NAPLEX get those pass rates out. Uh, making sure that they're mindful of helping the students get out of school uh, with the least amount of debt possible. And that's going to happen very soon uh, as, uh, again, the privates are taking another 8% hit, the publics are taking another 5% hit in enrollment or applicants. Uh, but that's going to uh, really impact enrollment because they're almost at 90% acceptance rate. So there's just nowhere to go. Like you, you, there's just no, some schools are cl so close to 100 that they just don't have more people to accept. They just can't do it. Um, and what we're going to see is finally, finally, uh, the decline in, in enrollment to the point that you're going to start seeing some consolidating of these schools where uh, some of the privates that have gone online may be able to survive, I think. Uh, some of the privates that have great reputations, great scores, and those types of things uh, that have added master's degree programs or programs in other areas um, like PT, OT, um, you know, those types of things. I think those guys will survive. Uh, but I think next year uh, we're going to see pharmacy schools with such low enrollments uh, that they're going to have to start I hate to use the word shutting them down, but there are pharmacy schools that are just pharmacy school. And they were trying to be standalones and that no longer is going to be a possibility. Uh, but those that are add-ons, that is, you know, they've kind of added on to, to the school, they may be able to stay on uh, if those professors' money is not coming from the pharmacy school. So the private schools where the money tends to come from the students uh, and that's where the tuition money goes, is to the professors. That's a very different thing than the public schools, uh, where the professors are generally paid by uh, grants and things like that coming from the U.S. Uh, and, and all of that. So I uh, kind of wandered there, but, uh, you know, bottom line is uh, more jobs for residents that are graduating, more jobs from pharmacists that are uh, there right now.